Welcome to the V Cave. Hi, V Cavers. Today we're going to be discussing Venus in Sag and the Mars retrograde in Gemini. Uh, we're going to be- go through the houses and kind of discuss these transits. I am Z, and here are the rest of our V Cave ladies. <laughs> I'm Rain. I'm Kendra. And I'm Gabby. <laughs> Woo! Would like to start us off today. <laughs> Hi, Will. Or I guess, Rain, you could go ahead and and start with some, like, important questions. Well, actually, I was going to ask you, Kendra, because um, I had said something about uh, how we're going to go house by house, and you were talking about how this um, transit correlates with Mars. So why don't you open us up with saying how how these two correlate, and then we can go into the houses. What do you guys think? Sounds great. I like it. Yeah, so um, this Mars retrograde is actually a pretty long one. Um, For anybody who's listened to our previous podcasts, um, you probably have heard me talking about it. Um, It'll be in Gemini all the way until next year. Um, And when Mars is in Gemini, it's opposite Sagittarius. And that's where Venus is going to be ingressing into or has already actually um, into Sagittarius. So there will be this opposition going on. Um, with Mars retrograde opposite Venus. And they're actually both going to end up squaring Neptune too, which could add a little bit of a different vibe to this whole thing as well. So what I was thinking is kind of like laying out how the houses are. And we'll start with the first house and everybody will just chime in because I have to tell you that um, Z and Gabs and Kendra are much more well-versed in the astrology than me. I may be really good at interviewing. So that's kind of where my skills are coming in right now. And so the first house tends to just focus on your appearance and your surface personality. So when we're looking at first house um, aspects of this, how does that affect, how does this particular situation affect the first house? Everybody. Gal? Z? Well. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have, if we have Venus and Sagittarius, so say that the first house is in Sag, right? So if Venus is in the first house versus it being the Gemini, um, we would say that first house fire sign is always going to be beneficial because the first house is naturally ruled by a fire sign. Um, We would also say that Venus um, coming into fire signs will bless you with creativity, will bless you with motivation and inspiration. Now, that being said, we can kind of dial it back to what Rain was talking about. The first house does have to do with the way the world sees you. Um, It has to do with your physical body. Um, It has to do with your drive in life. Um, It's the first house because that is, you know, when you're born, that's like the first time someone sees you type thing. Um, So with it being in Sag, um, that would mean that your ascendant is in Sag, your first house is in Sag, your seventh house is in Gemini. So is there anybody in our group that has that kind of a situation going on in their charts? 
Um, I am a Scorpio rising, but I do have this Venus in my first house and Mars retrograde will do part of its retrograde in my seventh house and the rest of it in the eighth house. So I do, um, this Mars retrograde is kind of going to split half and half for me, but yes, Venus is in my first house as of today. Okay. Even though I'm a Scorpio rising, because if you use not whole sign systems, um, you'll get the exact rising degree. So it will split your houses depending on where you were born. Okay. And so, and this is a question for everybody, um, mm -hmm. because I know that you guys are so in tune with astrology for those people that are out there that don't really, um, that, that aren't as well versed as what all the houses are. Can you chime in and say why it's so important to understand where everything falls in your houses as we go through here? Just like a little chime in quick so people understand that knowing their chart is really important and why? Yeah, the, the houses, um, when you know the exact time of your birth is when you can get your houses exact. And like I had previously mentioned, I'm a Scorpio rising, but half of my first house is Scorpio, half of it's Sagittarius. So, but like you, Rain, you're a Scorpio rising at like one degree Scorpio. So your entire first house is Scorpio. Do you see what I'm saying? So you have no sad flavor in your first house, but you and I both are Scorpio risings. So if you just go online and you just Google like, you know, what your your sign is and things like that, and you do like a sun calculator and a moon calculator and a rising calculator, you can get pretty specific. But the best way is to run an actual chart so that you can look and see the actual degrees. And the reason that's important is because when something's transiting a house, it hits specific things that are going to show up in your actual life. If it's hitting the third house, it's going to be siblings and neighbors and your communication versus if it's hitting the eighth house, it's going to be more about your inner work, your shadow work, um, death, rebirth, taxes, sex, like all these intimate issues, not so public like your neighbors and stuff. Um, so when something's going through a specific house, it's important to know that so that you can understand how it's coming out in your reality. Okay, so I've got a question um, because I think it's really important because Z and um, Gabs are so good at this. Why don't we, as we're going through the houses, um, since you know everybody's chart, let us know when something is in yours or Gabs or Z's or my chart. So we can talk about specifically how we're feeling right now. And I think it might help people kind of understand a little bit. What do you guys think? I'm done. Same. Okay, sure. cool. So are we ready to move into the second house, which has to do with money, possessions, and values? How is this going to affect that? Um, well, let me touch back to the first house real quick because okay. I didn't even give the reading really on, on like oh, okay, what okay. was happening. I just explained all of those basic gotcha. things. Um, so, and we also have to like see how that um, interacts with the Mars retrograde in Gemini. Right. Um, so yeah, the, the first house with this opposition going on, Mars in the seventh house is going to make you feel like everyone that's not you, like the other is an enemy. It's also going to do that mirroring thing. So the reason you're seeing enemies in other people is because you have something inside of you 
you need to work on, right? It's like the projection machine. The first and seventh house is definitely that mirroring back and forth. And with Mars retrograde, any planet that's retrograde, you need to ask yourself questions and do self-reflection. So in this case, it would be self-reflection on why am I being triggered by this person? Why are these things being brought up? Why do I feel so angry about it, right? Because it's Mars, anger, aggression. Um, and how can I work through that and maybe be, you know, have this inner dialogue going on or journal it out, right? Like do the Gemini thing, write it down and have these conversations with yourself instead of just going out and being explosive with the world and thinking everybody's out to get you. Right. Did you want to chime in, Z? It sounded like what? you had something to say about that. Oh, no, I was just agreeing. I was like, oh, yeah. You can't see me. I'm like nodding my head over here. Like, yeah, yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head. That's exactly that's what it seems like. Yeah, definitely. And like I had mentioned, there's all this is squaring Neptune in Pisces. And Neptune's super potent in Pisces. So the, the news, the media, social media, like those kinds of places can be places where it's activated, right? Um, right where it's like, oh, I don't like this. And then you start, you know, instead of doing the spiritual Neptune thing and doing that inter-reflection, it's like the confusion about who is this? Am I projecting or is this person really being an asshole to me? Right? So there's a lot right. of this like confusion going on. Right. Illusion versus this illusionment type of yes. stuff. Exactly. So that's all I was going to say with the first house. So we can move on there if y'all want to. Okay. If anybody yep. else has anything. Okay. So in the second house, with this going on, it has to do with money, possessions, and values. So are any of us four affected in our second house by this particular one? Uh, Rain, you are. You have Venus in the second house and Mars in the eighth. Okay, and so for me personally, I can say that I'm in a really good space. I seem to be very clear-headed when it comes to that. And right now, like, money is not making me uncomfortable at all. I feel like everything is flowing really well. So anybody else that has this in their second house, um, would they be feeling turmoil or would they be feeling more like, like me? Like everything seems to be on track and I seem to be focusing and making good decisions. Well, um, it honestly depends on that rising sign. Like we were talking about you and I both are Scorpio risings. Um, Rain's a Capricorn rising. Oh, wait. Scorpio moon. Scorpio moon. Scorpio moon. You're right. I don't know why I was saying that. Um, but it does it does depend on the rising sign, because if the rising sign is a little too far up or too far down, um, it might not be as comfortable for them. For you, you are comfortable with Scorpio energy. You have Scorpio placements. Mars is in Scorpio. Mercury's in Scorpio in your chart, your natal chart. So the eighth house having Mars there is kind of like how you were born, right? Like a Mars and Scorpio vibe. So you probably aren't feeling it as intensely as other Libras that don't have any Scorpio placements are. Yeah, I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart. So, <laughs> we love it. so you're just comfy in there. <laughs> yeah, because your MC, well, Rain's MC is two degrees 
uh, Scorpio. Okay. Probably the angle you were thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, because then it's well, like the transit's going to be through her 11th and 12th house, but it looks like her uh, houses are intercepted. Oh, see, I'm running off of Placidus. Placidus yeah. puts her as a Scorpio rising. Oh, wait. No, you're right. I'm looking at five charts, guys. Sorry. Yeah. I've got five <laughs> charts on one screen. I'm doing yeah, all my stuff. got it all. <laughs> but I have them too many. I'm doing the Sag Stellium thing and spread myself too thin. <laughs> I was well, no, you know. It's just like you said, you're looking at so many charts at once. <laughs> right. Well, let me, let me interject real quick because with a Capricorn rising, when I just, you know, automatically what comes to my mind, Capricorn rising, money, possessions, values. I mean, to me, it's like, okay, that feels very Capricorn. It's like, no wonder yeah. why it feels really smooth to me, right? It's like, okay, this is really comfortable. And see, it's not even in your second house, Rain. I was looking at the other chart. I was wrong. Not in your okay. second house. Okay, well, so this one doesn't affect any of the four of us, or does it? No, I don't, none of us have it in the second. One thing okay, I would well, say about Venus and Sag moving through the second house I mean, Venus herself is comfortable in the second house because the second house is ruled by Taurus, which is ruled by Venus. So she's comfy there. But with the Sagittarius twist, watch what you're spending, because especially being like in the midst of the holiday seasons, like you can go overboard because I feel like Sagittarius (laughs) is a very impulsive sign. Like the archetype of Sagittarius is very impulsive, probably one of the, like the most impulsive signs I've personally come across. <laughs> so I can definitely see that playing out as overspending. So before you like buy something, especially if you're like super excited, you just see it and you want to buy it, like stop and be like, do I need this? Put it back and sleep on it. <laughs> you probably right. don't need it. <laughs> yeah. So so you got to you've got to keep that um, that need for something right now in check right mm-hmm. exactly right. and if you're wanting to put a value on something put it on yourself instead right. of going out and buying a bunch of things that you're like this is important this is important this is important why don't you look at yourself and say this is what's really important because that's really the uh like the the ultimate lesson of venus in general but especially mm-hmm. in Sag, because Sag is the philosopher. So he'll mm-hmm. take it all the way around in a circle with the meaning of life mm-hmm. and end up back in like life. <laughs> this is the philosophical right? reason so as to why I need things. these possessions. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so interesting because it's opposite the eighth house. And yeah. it's got to do with like inheritance and other people's mm-hmm. possessions. And right. <laughs> kind of like that balance that back and forth yeah it does definitely plays really well together (laughs) yeah well with the venus the venus in the second house too um being opposite the eighth with mars going through the eighth um like i was saying when i thought i was looking at rain's chart if you have scorpio energy this will be comfortable for you um Mm -hmm. if you do not this might be very outside of your comfort zone as far as transformations go um, deaths and rebirths in your life that that are like ridding yourself of the things that you no longer 
are of use, right? Like asking yourself, does this serve my highest good? It's a good question to ask when you're having any eighth house, second house transits, right? Like what serves my highest good? Mm-hmm. And that's part of that spending is that if you're right. not asking that question, you're just like fulfilling this dark void with just stuff. <laughs> yep, exactly. Which a lot of people do, unfortunately. Oh, especially this time of year. <laughs> oh, especially, it's exactly true, especially this time of year. So in moving into the third house, which is, you know, has to do with communication, journeys, short journeys, and then, you know, the siblings, brothers and sisters. So do any of the four of us have that that we have to deal with right now? I'm looking at all the charts. Hold on. <laughs> Give me okay. a second. And anybody who wants to chime in while Kendra's looking at that, you know, with this brothers and sisters and communication and short journeys um, in the third house, what do you guys think with this current situation? What do people that have this placement in the third house um, have to watch out for? Hmm. Come on, top that's top so of the head. Wow. I'm, I got right. Aquarius I'm energy. To, like, think of how Aquarius, word. man. I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, how would we phrase this? Hold on. Right. It's like you're getting so many like things coming into your brain I at once like, my hey. brain is like oh well sad it's like lots of like you know that wanderlusty that like shiny syndrome like traveling and stuff like that and then you have like your siblings of communication it's like okay uh first thing that comes to mind is like traveling with your siblings or like doing something that kind of brings that bond a little bit together um yeah or even walking your neighbor's house during the holidays that's a very (laughs) this thing right like watching your neighbor's dog watching your neighbor's house for the holidays or going to your siblings or your neighbor's house to bring them a pie or getting them they come over um it's just somebody (laughs) yeah it's a jovial you know energy sag is a jovial Mm -hmm. type thing and in the third house especially um because the third house is about gemini and that connection Mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty much like what z said is kind of like what i was thinking too like with the you know you might actually get along with your siblings more kind of bond a little bit more then it's like Mm -hmm. the mars being opposite though like you might create a little bit of confrontation, but it won't necessarily end bad because I feel like Venus being in the third house of siblings kind of sweetens that a little bit. So it's like you might have some like confrontations that create breakthroughs and be more like mm-hmm. arguments too, because it's like with the Gemini energy, it's like communication. So it's like you might just, I don't know. I know that's what but, I'm and so it's just like really blunt too. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and so I would have. Suggest, I would suggest don't overdo it with the substances because that Neptune is in your sixth house, squaring all this. So that could amplify family get-togethers. Right. <laughs> okay, that don't makes say anything at the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It might call for it, so maybe you do need to say something. Then you got. Like, yeah. You got do that or do not. It. It's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, if this, you don't, this, if you want to avoid the confrontation, don't. But if you know you do got Venus on your side, if you do need to have that confrontation, like <laughs> you might come out so on the other side. This might be a good right. time for that, right? This might be a good time for that because mm-hmm. it might turn out well, right? But also gotcha. remember the Neptune. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm saying. Because the sixth house is the house of like hidden enemies, right? Like, um, so it can be very confusing who your enemies are and who you can trust, especially if you're in an aggressive state and someone like your sibling is not or vice versa. Like there could just yes. be lots of misunderstandings um, because the 12th and the sixth house is the house of like open and hidden enemies. So right. anytime that's getting hit and because it's a t it's like a T square. Right. So to make it a full square aspect in astrology means that that 12th house is empty. So usually when you have a T-square, the opposition is going to get hit a lot. And the 12th house is the place where police and institutions and you getting committed and all these things that you don't want to happen, right? Just because of a family misunderstanding, right? right? So, all so if I'm you're going to pick is, a fight, don't do it with your Christian auntie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't right. do it with people that are going to take it too far or that can't have a mature, healthy uh, disagreement, right? Like a right. conflict does not have to be an altercation the police have to get involved in. Like people can have healthy conflict and agree to disagree and be adults. Right. So if you're dealing with those kinds of people, sure. But if you're not, you might want to, you know, stand back <laughs> and kind of watch the shit show and not be part of it. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm going to interject again. Um, for anybody who is listening, it is very important to understand what we're talking about when it comes to the placements of the houses, because as we're saying that if it's in a, if you're in the third house placement and these are good things to do, you might not be, you might not have anything that has to do with the third house and you might go, oh, I heard this. And so it's a good time to talk. But if you don't know your chart and that's not where you are, maybe you just need to like be quiet because this isn't the place and time for that. That's why charting is so important. And with, with that, let's go into the fourth house. I thought that one of us was um, affected in the fourth house, which has to do with home and roots. And one of our, you know, one of the parents um, circumstances at the end of life. So those things that, that, make us aware of our mortality, right? Yeah, it's Ziamara that's experiencing this in the fourth house. So we can let her talk about how it's making her feel. How is it making you feel, Z? Um, I have been... <laughs> okay, um, to be honest, I have been tested by my family. <laughs> so, like, my home is a little bit... It's a little bit all over the place type of energy because we're always trying to do something. Um, I'm always trying to learn something. I'm always trying to teach the kids something. Um, it's just been, you know... Right now, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like peace in the midst of chaos. Hmm. That's you nice. Um, so I kind of just, where, which is kind of where growth comes from. Right. And also like this was the end of my Venus year. So this is just kind of like a really good way to end it <laughs> with the Venus and Sag. Right. You've got natal Venus and Sag. So you're about to have a, a Venus return. So it's just yeah. like Venus, Venus, that sentence you said at the beginning of that is such a Sag fourth houser. Like you talking about, I'm always trying to get the kids to try something. I'm always, there's always something expanding in the household, right? Like that was <laughs> a perfect way of saying it. Oh my gosh. I've been doing so many different things around the house. Like I just made a new chore chart. We have like all these little things that we've been kind of moving around and, you know, 
like getting more puzzles, getting more books, getting like a lot of different things because my littlest is a voracious like uh, learner, I guess you can say. <laughs> and um, I, I can never find enough things to keep him entertained. So <laughs> he gets it from his mama. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then here's the thing like okay so this fourth house venus and sag like yummy energy is kind of opposite my mc (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) mars retrograde in gemini (laughs) is affecting me um i guess in my career (laughs) how's that job search going (laughs) oh my gosh it's terrible um no (laughs) I keep like applying. I keep on getting rejected. I'm like trying to revamp my resume. And I just started like a computer science course just for schnitz and giggles. I wanted to learn how to program and code so that I can just, you know, be on top of my game just in case somebody who's hiring needs somebody who's really good and working on like Python or like JavaScript, right? Because that's what I need. <laughs> so I'm just, it's been, it's been, it's been interesting. <laughs> well, that's good though. You're well, doing exactly what the astrology is asking you to do, right? Like ask those questions about like your career and about how to make your public self look more like choose this person for this job, right? Like, yeah. like trying to redefine yeah. that public view of yourself. Yeah. Cool. So, so I've got a question for you. Um, Kendra, as far as these chart, so this, would this time be a very good time for her to be looking for a job or just doing all the precursor work for getting that job at a certain point as far as the charting is concerned? Because that's Mm. what I'm hearing. I'm hearing it's like, okay, get all of these things ready and then jump at this point. Well, I would say that is a typical way you would think about it, but Ziamara is a Virgo rising, which they learn from trial and error and all the tiny details that they change along the way because of that trial and error, because they're the perfect analyst, right? So I would suggest that the way she's doing it right now is probably going to give her the best result because she's fine tuning it slowly by slowly like little bit by little bit and trying to pay attention to the details of probably every job you're applying to maybe editing it a little oh bit to that job. stop calling me out i don't <laughs> like it i got virgo i got a venus virgo so i do it too i love to do that well and 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 the reason why i'm saying this is simply because when we're talking people start understanding why it's so important getting diving down into these details and understanding that. And so by, you know, the banter back and forth, they're like, Oh, wow. I see how important that is. So, Mm -hmm. and that's why I do that. That's why I kind of interject. Um, So are you guys ready to move into the fifth house yet? Um, Yeah, I think, I mean, unless you want to talk about like, how the square Neptune would affect that, which I didn't really look into. Yeah, Yeah, I do want to talk about that Um, because this is going to hit the seventh house is going to have that Neptune. So this is kind of similar to what I was talking about with me about Uh like seeing, like being confused about the other, right? Um, Right. Because the seventh house is that other. So I think that 
more than not, it seems to be because Venus is in the fourth house and she's in the fire sign that it's probably the 10th house that's going to be hit the most. But it could be coming out like we were talking about in that square to the first house in Virgo. So just just make sure you don't pick yourself apart. Right. Like and, and try to blame the fact that nobody is is called you for an interview yet because you're not worthy right like just right. don't do that that hypercritical virgo type stuff right, that's very no, i'm not falling virgo. into that illusion not anymore good good. <laughs> good good deal good deal all right we can go into the fifth house now though which is all about that, romance children and creativity and so is any are any of us in that that fifth house situation who would that be Kendra um I think it's Gabby Gabby mm-hmm. no my uh, the Mars is in my fifth house but Venus would be in my 11th mm-hmm. and the Neptune is in your second right yeah so the Venus going into the 11th means you're going to find a lot of um, inspiration through your friends and through your groups. Right. Um, and Lucky I also- you guys, <laughs> Yay! Lucky. <laughs> we are lucky because you are our friend. Yeah, you um, are my group. <laughs> yes. But Gabby is, um, she has unique signatures like we all do, right? Like rain has, kept on reminding you guys it's important to know all these unique things and she's got mars in gemini natally so she just experienced a mars return um and so having this mars retrograde in the natal house that she has mars in um is significant even though that mars is in the fourth house right so it's not going to be hit by this retrograde but it's still significant enough to you know bring that up if you do have a planet being hit so um, just wanted to put that out there. And with that a whole Venus in the 11th house, that's also your hopes and dreams and wishes. Having Mars in the fifth might be making you ask yourself, like, what motivates me? What makes me feel passion so that I can reach those hopes and dreams and wishes? So when it comes to romance and children and creativity in the fifth house uh, and and wanting that kind of thing to happen. So let's, let's speak to this right now, because I think that especially during this time of year, there's so much that has to do with those three things. I mean, a lot of us have to be creative in um, how we approach the holidays. And also it's, it has to do with our connections, right? Because there can be arguments and things like that. And we would prefer not to have that. And of course our children come into play during the holiday season, whether we're, um, you know, celebrating Christmas or Yule or Hanukkah or whatever it is during the season, right? And so, so how do you think this is going to affect those people that have that in their fifth house? What do they have to be aware of? Um, well, I would say um, if you have the Venus there, you'll be blessed with those things, right? Um, you'll feel a little bit more like those things are easy to grab that motivation, to grab that inspiration. The connections around you might be easy. 
if it's the Mars there, um, it might be difficult. I'd like to ask Gabby how it's making her feel. Mm, I don't know, but I mean, that's, I feel like typical Gemini Mars anyway. Like my brain's just always, I don't know, on, on the go. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm never grounded. <laughs> um, Although I feel like Mars retrograde, I've actually been a little bit more grounded. I mean, I'm just tired. <laughs> yeah, a Mars return speaking. can bring health conditions too. Like a Mars return, you were sick the other day. Yeah. Was- yeah, exactly. Well, there's that. And it's like, it's funny though, like I am starting to get like more in touch with my creative side, um, like veering a little bit off topic. Like I have the uh, fucking Mercury conjunct Saturn in my first host. So like, my expression and creativity has been like suppressed from a very young age um but I actually like recently actually since Mars has been in Gemini it might have been before it went retrograde but you know still Mars return stuff um in the fifth house of creativity like I found a new therapist and like she specializes in like creativity and stuff like that and using creativity it's like one of her therapeutic approaches so like the reason I went to her she like really deals with a lot of kids generally but like I said to her I was like well this is pretty much like inner child shit that we're dealing with here so you know I'm working with her to try and like pull that creativity out of me because it's like I know I'm a creative I have no creative outlets whatsoever so I think right. that like Mars return and Mars in the fifth house has been really bringing that back up Yeah, and it's squaring that Neptune in the second. So it's teaching you that that value comes from within. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel that resonates. Yep, and I can't wait until you start embracing your Capricorn rising, Gabby, and get grounded a little bit more. (laughs) Yep. Well, that's the thing, and it's like, I know I'm so capable, and it's like my North Node is Capricorn too. So it's like, I do have a lot of like, Capricorn energy but I also have a lot of fucking air energy between Aquarius and Gemini like it keeps me flighty as hell so it's like really just like you know amalgamating the two and like really using it as a power instead of like having the constant like back and forth of like you know instead of Saturn like helping me be more structured it's just like holding me back in a way so it's like I need to really learn how to like rewire that Saturn I guess which I've been working on over the past few years and like you know definitely like meeting you guys has helped which I think goes back to that like Venus in the 11th house right now it's like you know my community is the ones like helping me kind of like build that structure and that foundation so right and you've got that north node at the end of Capricorn too and Pluto's still hanging out there right yep, so your transformation sure is. ain't done yet <laughs> so. yep. oh man this is going on for a few years and then once it leaves once Pluto leaves my north node it's hanging out with my Saturn so you know right and then it'll hit your Mercury I can't wait till Pluto hits your Mercury that's yep. when you will transform your voice Gabby yep and it's funny, like, I feel that like, I'm on the brink of it anyway, but it's like, I'm, I know I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, it'll happen. It will. And you've got that Mercury opposite Jupiter. So when it does happen, it's going to be extra. Everybody's right. going to be reading about it. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's the thing that scares me, though, because it's like, hopefully I figure out how to do it in a positive way. And I'm not like, you know, 
being in the bad press for something I didn't <laughs> say or my words getting twisted. Like No, no, because Mars makes perfect trine. It's a perfect trine to your Mercury. And it's a sextile to your Jupiter. So right. it's like benefiting your action. So when you start to act, it will come from a place of like, this is meant to happen. Right. Ooh, I can't Watch wait. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. I've been looking at your chart at this aspect, just waiting for years for Pluto to go into Aquarius for all my Aquarius babes out there. Because yep. it's really going to transform the fact that people have been calling y'all the eccentric weirdos. Y'all are going to finally be the norms, and the rest of us are going to be weirdos. <laughs> yep. It's going to be funny, though, because it's like, you know, one thing like Aquarius, like we do kind of pride ourselves on the fact that we aren't like everybody else. So now that it's like, if we are the normal, we're just going to be defeated. It's like, well, what's the point of living then if we cannot no, even fulfill our weirdo purpose <laughs> well that's why pluto will be there he will transform y'all into be the new weirdo y'all will be the revolutionary <laughs> like guiding us in the new direction of how to be you know like how to be real human how to be a true weirdo yeah <laughs> embrace our humanness well, and I mean, too. if there's any sign that's welcoming to everyone, including the weirdos, it's definitely or is that Aquarius energy? Yeah. yeah. I see you. It's like, are you weird? Come here. I love you. Let's do this. <laughs> You're weird. Exactly. I, I like it. <laughs> Well, it's funny, like, I always just remember, too, like, when I was a kid, people would, like, literally call me weird because I was a weird fucking kid, and, like, they did not mean it nicely, but I was, like, genuinely so flattered. I was like, thank you! <laughs> like, I wasn't even just trying to be, like, facetious or anything. Like, I was literally like, oh my god, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not an Aquarius, but that sounds like me, because I have Uranus conjunct my moon and jupiter so i like being not the norm either you're right it's comfortable. it's comfortable for me yep that's awesome so how about if we go into the sixth house here which is kind of the boring stuff work and health but you know we all need money to pay our bills and we need good help so that we can continue to enjoy life, right? And so do any of us have that particular situation going in on our charts? Any of uh, we, we four, Kendra? Uh, yes, Rain, you have Mars in the sixth because I was reading the wrong chart um, previously. So you've got the Mars retrograde in the sixth and then you've got Venus entering your 11th. So... So we all know that I was so fortunate to get hit by somebody who was texting and ran a red light and hit my Tesla, right? Fortunately, I was in the Tesla because it's a heavy car. So if I was in the Mini, we probably would have flipped and I might not be sitting here. And so I am like super healthy and I box and I do all that stuff. But right now I have to take it a little bit easy. I have to like do PT and I just got a massage yesterday because I was very limpy. And I hate being like that, but I am, I am taking care of myself. And I went on a long, uh, a long walk today. So I'm doing the things that I can do. So my health is very, very important to me. And as far as my work, um, you know, I'm, I, I, it seems like I work a little bit every single day, but I don't have work overtaking me at this point in my life there was a point where I was much I was a workaholic definitely that Capricorn rising but um but now it's work is just balanced I'm more 
I use that whole Libra thing and balance it out. So my health is balanced. My work is balanced. I feel like, um, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place, even though I got crunked in a car accident. So yeah, how does that, that play? That retrograde was trining your son, I think, exact that day. I'd have to go back and look at the chart. But I remember after you told me, I went and looked. Um, and also, it is squaring your Venus because um, your Venus is at the end of, uh, it's at 23 degrees of Virgo. And then you've got the Neptune down in the second house. So, um yeah, you got a T-square going on when Venus, between the natal Venus and whenever your other Venus, like the transiting Venus, gets a little bit further into Sag, it'll complete that that full square, and that'll probably be when your new car gets delivered. <laughs> Woo-woo! When is that going to happen? Um, I need to use the software on my phone to find okay. that out. <laughs> Sorry, I always do that. Put your feet to the fire. So, so other people, um, you know, I, I said what I'm feeling. Uh, can you guys chime in to, you know, how other people, how this might be affecting other people? Yeah, the sixth and twelfth house, like I had previously mentioned, is about hidden enemies and open enemies. Um, so if you have Venus going into the 12th house, then that's blessing your subconscious self, the hidden enemies within you and society, right? Like it's, that's where you would rather have the Venus is in the 12th house. Um, like rain is having it with the Mars in the sixth. Um, because if it was the other way around and you had the Venus in the sixth house and the Mars retrograde in the 12th, it would be a really tough mental health battle versus a physical health battle. And I, I mean, in my opinion, I would much rather have physical battles than mental health battles just because I battle with both and I struggle more when it's a mental health struggle because of the fact that I can't even, you know, handle day-to-day stuff versus a physical challenge, you at least can see that things are improving, right? And you can kind Mm -hmm. of have a little bit more hope that things will get better. It's a little easier um, to deal with. Yeah, that's an interesting thing that you would say that because a lot of times I get the the air kind of takes over and I do the overthinking. So Scorpio and Libra and my mind just goes, way off on a tangent and right now it's not doing that so it's like yay yeah because <laughs> you got venus in the 12th yeah that's, that's <laughs> in, in your mental health for sure so so with that let's talk about the seventh house which has to do with marriage and other partnerships um any of us have that falling in our charts right now by any chance um I've got the Mars retrograde in the seventh um, and the Venus in the first, but it looks like no one else has um, either in the first and seventh. Um, So so I don't have the Venus there and that's kind of what we're talking about. So I guess we'll just talk about it like it's the opposite, right? Like if you had Venus there in the seventh, um, that would definitely be blessing you in relationships, blessing you in those aspects of the other. And then the Mars retrograde in the first house would be deconstructing your self-identity and reconstructing it the way that you feel like serves your highest good now. 
Okay. Anybody else want to that chime like in on that one? <laughs> yeah, it was very to the point. I know. I was like, wow. <laughs> and you said you couldn't simplify astrology. I know. I know. <laughs> that was so well done and to the point. Yeah. yeah you know, I, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, oh, go ahead. I was just giggling. I was not saying anything. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, usually marriage and other partnerships can get, you know, kind of dicey. But as we move into the eighth house, which has to do with a lot of things that can get interesting, sex, death, regeneration, and other people's money. So, I love other people's money. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do any of us have that going on right now? Um, the eighth house, I think the only, no, it does not look like it. Okay. So we can't speak to that personally, but with, with, with Venus in the eighth house, I would think that that would be, um, quite positive in this, right? So you want to give us an idea Um, of that? Well, Venus in the eighth house can be, um, it, it's kind of at fall in the hate house or whatever, detriment, whatever you want to um, kind of assign to it, I suppose. Because it, if it's not Scorpio and it's another sign, then it could be beneficial. But the eighth house, generally speaking, is not a domain that Venus really likes because it is so deep and it is so yeah, it's it's tense and transformational, and it's Mars energy, right? Um, so I I think it actually gets a little uncomfortable there, but also I do think that that is because a lot of people don't know the sign of Scorpio very well either when it comes to like the goddess and dark goddess energy. Um, because I like passion, you know, do what? To me, to me, it comes out as passion, right? So th- that that really deep feeling. So not just sur- superficial. No, we're getting like stalker energy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's Venus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, it's we're going more into impasse. We're going into stalker territory. We're going into I love you, and this is why I'm going through your things. We're gonna right. go and we're gonna go we're gonna go check everything out. You know, it's it's kind of scary. Yeah, <laughs> it's and like it a scary part of love, like that unhealthy. You know. <laughs> yes, it can be that very dominating female type. I'm gonna control you, like the histrionic type. You know, female narcissist type stuff. Um, if it's the lower vibration. If it's the higher yeah. vibration, it obviously can be someone super in tune with their body and others. A dominatrix. Um, yes, that's what I was going to say. People that have a level of understanding of control and pain and have no problem giving it to you because yeah. they know what but you in can a take. And, what way. You can. <laughs> and that's yes. like powerful transformation. <laughs> Right, because it is actually acting on that psychological thing that Scorpio has, because people that enact those things are really enacting, um, you know, parts of, of their own desires that are hidden from themselves, right? And so they're allowing themselves to, you know, 
enact this when normally it's hidden. It's that Scorpio hidden side of themselves that they only are, feel comfortable with this one person in this scenario type thing. It's very intimate. It's a very intimate house. So if it's a toxic person or somebody with um, a lot of narcissistic traits, then it can be that stalker vibe. It can be that I'm obsessed with you and I'm never going to leave you alone type of stuff. Um, it also could be like a shaman though. You see what I'm saying? So it could be somebody that knows how to travel to the underworld and back and tell you information. Um, so it, it really depends on the person. How their darkness is translated, basically. <laughs> whether, whether they've done shadow work and, and understand that the shadow is part of us. And instead of, you know, like denying it and making it evil, right, they actually bring it to a positive aspect. Right, which is kind of like um, like I was telling you at the beginning how my houses are split in half. I did have this Mars start its retrograde in my eighth house. It's moving, you know, towards my seventh. It's going from the eighth to the seventh. But when it was in the eighth house is when I got a new therapist, when I started working on more of my childhood trauma, when I, you know what I'm saying? Like I started right. dipping into those types of things. And I bought this new book that takes me out of my comfort zone called Hood Feminism. And it is a amazing book that um, talks about the intersectionality of racism and feminism. And I just, I'm so into it. And it's not normally something I would just see on a shelf and be like, oh yeah, that sounds like something I would read. It's something very much outside of my comfort zone because I'm trying to transform my own ideas around how it is to be a woman. We wouldn't like it. Awesome. Well, with that being said, going into the ninth house has to do with higher education, long journeys, religion, and philosophy. And I do any of us have it in the ninth this going on in the ninth house? I don't think so from our previous conversations. No, I yeah, I think Ziamara has um uh, no, she's got Venus at the end of her third, but no, the Mars retrograde is in her 10th. So no, none of us mm -hmm. have that. Okay. So, so in this, let's talk about that Venus energy in this space. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Venus in the 10th can give, um, ninth, ninth. <laughs> what? Ninth house. Oh, ninth. Sorry, ninth house, Venus in the ninth house can give that expansive quality, especially if this is your natural house for Sagittarius, because if it's there right now, that means your natural house is exactly what house it rules naturally anyway, Sagittarius. So to have Venus there is a really good blessing. It means you might travel. It means you might expand your own um reality as far as the cultures you have exposed yourself to and what human nature is about you could be more philosophical you could do all of those very sad like things expanding knowledge further education yeah mm -hmm. and with it being opposite the mars in the third house um yeah, that one's definitely you're going to be fighting with your family or neighbors oh. about your beliefs. <laughs> that doesn't sound like very much oh, fun. No. 
No, but, uh, you know, if you've got Venus in the ninth, your beliefs are warranted and they are of value to you. So the, this is the aspect that I was saying, you know, um, could so be maybe just like, could be, yeah. no, no, to shut everybody else out. Right. And just do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. This is so if it's in the ninth house, it's all about, okay, you do your self expansion and maybe you shouldn't be around too many people, especially not people who, uh, are, are against your expansion. Right. Yeah. Because you don't want to have your mind closed off. Yeah, because with with that happening to you, um, the Neptune would be, let me count the houses. Um, and Venus was there, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. So that would put uh, Neptune in your 12th house. And the 12th house is going to definitely make your mental um, capability pretty confusing. Um, so yeah, I definitely would suggest, um, you know, maybe keeping your beliefs to yourself if it serves your highest good. How about just do whatever serves your highest good? Right. <laughs> that, that way, it seems to be the know, theme. <laughs> Stay true yeah. to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then we were talking that the 10th house is affecting Z, Correct. Yes, this has to do with career, career status, reputation, and the other parent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the non-dominant. Oh both of my parent houses are affected. I didn't think about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they both are being hit. Mm. And it, it, it depends on who you ask, but some people assign the 10th house as the mother, some assign it as the father, and then some assign it as the more dominant parent right like because they're trying to get away from the genderizing of the parent right but right. it kind of I, I feel like in my own personal experience it can be either parent depending on that parent's birth chart when I see that parent's birth chart I'm like oh you're the Pisces so you're up top you're the Virgo <laughs> you're down here right so it really right. can be either. okay so I have a question about that because okay if we're going by that, like the tenth house feels more representative of like my stepdad than my biological true. father. That could be true. Did you were you around that stepfather for more of your formidable like years before ten years of age? Oh yeah, he he basically raised me. I didn't know my biological father until I was like ten years old. Yeah, I would definitely call him your father in your birth chart. And then your mm -hmm. biological father would be more representational of like the house that maybe Saturn's in or the house that Mars is in, depending on your relationship with him. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so even <laughs> people that are raised by their grandparents, I would say that, right? Like if your biological parents, I've seen it happen in charts where it's like, neither of these biological parents are really in this person's chart because they were only around till they were like three years old and then the grandparents raised them, right? So mm -hmm. it's kind of like um, they can take on different roles, right? Sometimes it's Mercury if you have more of a sibling relationship with that parent. Sometimes it's Venus if they um, are more like your best friend or like your sister or you see what I'm saying? So right. it just depends on your perspective of how that relationship feels to your spirit. Right. Okay. 
Well, and we already talked about the fact that you're, you know, the whole career thing and, you know, but I'm curious, Z, about the part about status and reputation. So is that happening at all with what's going on with you or do you, are you kind of at a point where you're just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, With the Mars retrograde through like the 10th house, um, I feel like recently I've been kind of like in a space where I feel like, listen, if you're going to listen to any of the things that are being said about me and you're going to believe them, go ahead and believe them. I'm not in a, like, I do not have the capacity to be dealing with bullshit. (laughs) Pardon my French, but that's kind of where my headspace has been. Like my, (laughs) I am usually like not a confrontational person, but I will like, if, if I'm really passionate, if I'm really angry about it, I usually will be a little bit destructive, but I don't know this, uh, this energy has kind of gotten me in the point where I'm kind of like, yeah if you're gonna be stupid you're gonna be stupid by yourself i'm not i'm not joining the circus i'm sorry unapologetic too yeah pretty much i'm like if you're gonna believe it go ahead and believe it i'm just gonna be me i'm gonna do what i gotta do i have bigger fish to fry than you know dealing with petty people you know exactly no part of this shit yeah so my best communication is no communication fuck that shit (laughs) exactly and, and also in the 10th house is a lot of times a place of gossip because people can see that part of you because it's so public, 100%. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so don't worry about gossip and don't be a gossip, right? So, you know, when it comes to status and reputation, I'd like to chime in here right now. I just, you know, it's actually kind of a Capricorn thing. And as a Capricorn rising, you'd think that I would care more. But I've gotten to a point in my life where, you know, it's long, long since ceased to matter to me. What matters to me is my authenticity. So anybody that has this energy in the 10th house, I would definitely say, don't gossip. Don't worry about status or reputation. What you need to do is you need to really decide what is important to you and go for that and just forget about all the other crap. Right. Oh, and like, um, touching on like the Venus and Sag energy through that 10th house, um, Kendra, correct me if I'm wrong. Would that be more like with expansion of like, uh, business offers, like something in work and like a promotion or something? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, or like traveling because of work or like having to move to a new city or something like that. Yeah, all of those things you just mentioned are definitely one of those signatures for that. Um, Venus in the 10th house will always um, bless your financial situation. Um, So whether it's from, you know, a raise at work or you overpaid a bill and you didn't realize and they're like reimbursing you and get a $100 check in the mail, right? Like it's just random things that could happen, but it usually does. Um, financially get you to be more stable. Venus in the 10th house is like Venus being in Capricorn and, and, you know, thinking about how to make you that boss, you know, like your own boss too. It could be that like people that are working in the nine to five, you know, world and they're, they're having this go on here and they're like, Oh, well, you know, maybe I want to, 
work from home or vice versa because the 10th and the fourth houses are being hit, right? Like, so maybe it's, I work from home and now I want to get back in the real world. Right. And that's Venus, like getting you that opportunity at the top of your chart. And you've been reassessing this Mars down here in the home going, I don't like to work from home. I want to be out in the world. Right. So it just depends, but I definitely would say all those things you mentioned are great additions. Okay, and with that, let's move into the 11th house, which has to do with friends and aspirations. Um, do any of us have that working in our charts? Yes. Um, it looks like, Rain, you've got Venus in the 11th right now. Um, it will go into your 12th, too, because your Sagittarius is the, in the 11th and the 12th, but right now it's in the 11th. And I think I Gabby, like that. Yeah, Gabby, it's in her 10th right now, but it will travel through and be in her 11th as well. Well, and, and right now I have to say that, like, um, I have normally I just kind of do things on my own. And right now I would have to say that um, I have a couple of friends that are stepping up and really um, helping me and they wouldn't necessarily have to do that. They, they offered to. It has to do with like my website and things like that because I've had such frustrations with hiring people. And I had a friend that's like, Hey, let me, let me help you. Let me show you, let me. And, and they've come to my house and it's, it's awesome. It, we've had really great friend time and it's not something I, it's not something I, I normally do. And all of my interactions with um, people have been, I don't know, just really, really pleasant. So I would like it to stay in the 11th house. I don't want it to go into the 12th house. Right. Well, Venus in the 12th house will bless you with good mental health, right? Like it, it does bless you in those areas of the subconscious self. So don't be too scared of it. At least it's not Mars over there. Yeah. Well, I guess that's what I was kind of worried about is, is Mars. I was thinking more about Mars and I'm thinking, no, I've had enough of that. <laughs> I feel like Venus, when she moves into the 12th house too, for you, like, it'll be more like, you know, you'll connect more with your spirit self. Like, I know you're somebody who already does that regularly, but almost like, it'll like take you to like an even deeper level than you thought you could go. I don't know. That's just the vibe I'm getting, but we're still on the 11th. So <laughs> don't go too deep there. So, yeah, I just, and, and so for other people, um, I, I don't know, this feels really good to me. I, I feel like I'm really right now in a very, very good space. Uh, even with everything that's gone on, I can't say I have a huge amount of stress, which you would think would be the opposite, but I, I don't know. I feel, I feel really good. So this, wherever these placements are, it would be really nice if they'd stay there for a while. Yeah. And that Neptune in the second house too is, is kind of more beneficial, I would say with this Venus being, you know, in the 11th. So that's, that's good because the only confusion comes with if you're trying to spend too much or you don't put a value on yourself before you put a value on stuff outside of yourself. Um, and I feel like both of y'all have already, you know, passed that whole learning curve and whatnot um, and know how to give yourself value. So that's definitely a good, good scenario there. Anybody else want to chime into what people might have to like watch out for or enjoy through this? 
besides just me chiming in. See? Yeah. Um, only thing that I'm thinking of is like the opposite Mars retrograde. And that would be like through the fifth house, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. So and that would be like in regards to like the children and creativity. So would that bring in like frustrations? Like, have you had any, like anybody who's like affected by the Mars retrograde in the fifth house? Um, like, are you asking me? See? Yeah. Okay. So um, my, my kids going through a lot of uh, kind of depressed and um, stuck. They're, they're very, very stuck right now. And their partner who is trans just went through um, a surgery to, you know, to make their face more feminine. And so they're helping them um, recover from that. So there's a lot of things that are going on. They're positive, but also at the same time, kind of difficult for them. But I mean, as far as me with them, it's very positive. I mean, I am in their corner. I, um, I'm there for them whenever they call. So, but they're just, they're struggling right now. So my kid is struggling. But, okay. Um, yeah. What is, what is your kid's sun sign? Libra. Libra. My, remember born... my, my kid was born 55 minutes from my birthday. Oh, okay. And but different years. So the yeah, outer plants would be the only thing different. Well, yeah. no, because every year everything's different. Um, so yeah, y'all would have the same sun sign then. Yeah. Do you know what her moon sign is, or their sure. their moon? Sign? I I ran it, but I don't know it off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Okay. No. Um. But this could definitely be something like that because the Mars retrograde in the fifth um could signify someone going through something that you love right? Like you love this person and they are going through this and it's hitting your fifth house because Mars has to do with surgery. Um, so that's why I was thinking it's either hitting her fifth house, her seventh house or her eighth house, um, with the Mars retrograde. Yeah. So it's not her surgery, but it's her partner's surgery. And of course she, um, it's going going to affect them. Yeah. Yeah, those are the romance houses. So those would signify it happening to her partner, right? Um, right. Hmm. But, but they're but they're just feeling kind of depressed and stuck, and they're they're smoking way too much weed. Mm. Doing the Neptune Anybody know Square. about that? <laughs> the Neptune Square, <laughs> the hazy Neptune Square. We're talking about like I'm supposed to be not smoking weed for like my lungs, like, but I can't stop. The nurse is like, "Well, you know, there's like other ways you can like take cannabis." I'm like, "Yeah, I know that, but like, my the point is, I just want to stop altogether." <laughs> but I, yeah. yeah, I've been struggling yeah. with that. Yeah, they're well, struggling with that right now. Yeah. Yeah, Neptune squaring this in general for everybody on the planet is definitely a signature of taking substances too far. Um, So that's why I said that in one of the first couple of signs, like, um, just be careful of that because the holidays I know are very tough for um, people that struggle with any substance. Because a yeah, lot of regardless times, regardless of the you know, astrology, like that, right? Itself. Yeah, no, this is for everybody on the planet. Yeah, regardless of your astrology, the holidays are tough um, for people that for everyone, but especially for people that struggle with addictions, because um, it's 
it's high relapse time, right? Like that's, that's when you're around your family. That's when you're triggered the most. That's when you're, um, you know, in those situations where you may be lonely because you chose not to go around your family. You know, it's just, there's a lot going on. So just take care and, uh, yeah, try not to overdo it because that's definitely the vibe is just fuck it. You know, <laughs> like I'm over this, fuck it, you know? So. Yeah. So with that, let's move into the 12th house, which has to do with enemies and seclusion and secret. Yeah. But you said, but you said Venus is, is good here and then the influence is a positive influence and so when i look at the 12th house and i see that you know that's what that is it's like how can that be positive so let's talk about how you spin that in a positive way you guys well venus is exalted in the 12th house or in pisces so venus is the lower octave of neptune which is the unconditional love right um so Venus is the lower octave of Neptune and Neptune rules the 12th house. So that's why Venus is comfortable in the 12th house. Um, she has no problem being a channeled messenger from the divine, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't Aries land. We're asking an Aries to do that, right? Like an Aries would be like, what channel? What? Give me the remote. <laughs> <laughs> I know that all too well. Right. <laughs> yeah the first thing that comes to my mind is like spiritual expansion like venus and sag transiting the 12th house like the first thing that comes to my mind is like leveling up <laughs> yeah yeah i agree and it might be a time where you know you might be more open to like exploring new mm -hmm. faiths or belief systems or you know just kind of like looking either deeper into yours or you know like we said like something new something that you haven't maybe like gave given the time of day before but maybe you'll be like wow um this seems really interesting i'm gonna dive into right. this a little bit deeper and like you yeah, said see, kind of, like, spiritually <laughs> expand yeah and I'll, I'll tell a real brief quick story here um I had a situation in my life where I was hospitalized and no one knew what was wrong with me for an entire week. And I experienced so much that was not in the physical reality. Um, I know my body was just like there for that week, but what I was experiencing and what I, you know, when I finally did wake up, the memories I have were not of being in the hospital bed. They were of being in other places. Um, pretty much uh, traveling, I guess you could say. Travel. Mm -hmm. um, so that whole situation was when Venus and the North Node, the last time the North Node was in Scorpio, so back in 2013, Venus, Saturn, and the North Node were all conjunct the day that all that happened on a full moon. And it was like a whole week of that. So I definitely, with Saturn being there, it, I, it was very hard right? Like it was a hard reality for me to accept for a very long time that that's what happened. I come from a medical background. And at that time, I wasn't as far in my witchcraft and paganism studies as I am now. But that's what led me to where I am today in those studies was right. that whole experience and trying to put the pieces together and trying to do the Virgo thing. Like I'm going to be able to analyze this 
Neptune <laughs> Pisces spiritual experience. Make right? sense of something that should not. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's not meant and to make sense. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So yeah, that's a leveling up for sure. That was the most leveling up spiritual experience I have ever had. And that was Neptune in the 12th. I mean, not Neptune, Venus. Yes, Saturn and the North Node were there and it was in Scorpio, mind you, but that's an extreme example. So <laughs> take it down a little bit and that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Anybody else want to chime into that 12th house vibe? Hello. I can't I think, think of anything right now. <laughs> you could well, you write know, fantasy fiction. Like it's a very like sci-fi fantasy vibe. Like um, I've known people with Venus in the 12th house that are like fantasy writers um, or they're fantasy movie producers, right? Like they like that fantasy aspect um, because it's like you have to get into the flow of like that channeling flow mm -hmm. in order to get that inspiration to create creatures that have never been created before, right? <laughs> They must love D and D. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. if you've got Venus in the twelfth house, you should probably find some friends to play D and D with. <laughs> Absolutely. If you haven't already been doing it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So we have gone through all of the houses. That was that was really super interesting, at least to me. So I'm sure that for all the V cavers out there, it's like run your charts, find out where all this is. And I think it could be very helpful, especially right now as we're going into this holiday season. Anybody else want to chime in with anything? Um, we can go through the opposite of the 12th house, Mars retrograde Gemini. What is that? The sixth house. That would be the mm -hmm. last part. And then we would be done going through the houses. That way we can make sure that everyone's covered. <laughs> gotcha. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So with the Mars in the sixth house, um, it would be more about your physical health. Your day-to-day -day routines are changing. You're having to reassess those things and ask yourself what is more important. Um, with that square to Neptune, um, it would either be in the second or the third house, the square would. Um, and so it could be about your values or it could be more about um, your communications. So if it's in the third house, which I think it would probably be more likely in the third, but it could be in the second. The third would be about communications. Gemini ruled things would be cloudy over all of that. Um, your mental capacities might be a little discombobulated while Neptune is making this square. Um, I will add this little tidbit here. For any of you that actually are going to go do the work, run your chart, do listen to our entire podcast, and try to figure it out for yourself, I will tell you, if you go that far, here's a little nugget of gold. I want you to look at the house opposite Neptune. That is the house where you will find the medicine to balm this whole situation. Okay. That's my little nugget. I will say goodbye with. Awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, and also too, like, we'll try to put links like on at least Instagram to like where you can find your chart. I know if you just put it on a, um, well, I think we have a link tree anyway, so maybe we can just like put it in that 
because I know if you were to put it on the bottom of a post or something, like, it doesn't create a hyperlink, so you'd have to, like, try and copy and paste it, which I know on, like, some mobile devices you can't. So, like, maybe if we even, like, put, whether it be, like, astrocharts or astro.com, just put one of them in our link tree so that people can yeah. get to the page easily. Yeah, we can do that. That's we'll put astro.com on there. That's my favorite because it gives yeah. stuff and it gets people into the more astrology side of it if they want to actually learn. Right. Yeah, astro is awesome. That's what I usually use to run the charts too. And it's completely free. Like you can pay for, but you don't need to, to run charts. Like paying is to pretty much get like in-depth, like daily readings and stuff is what the paywall yeah. is for. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, so like even if we like take them right to like the extended chart page or whatever and then just copy that link and throw it in the link tree so that it'll take people right to because I find if you go to the Astro main page, if you don't know what you're looking for, it's super confusing. Right. Yeah, it definitely is. We'll just put the the basic like birth natal chart generator one up there. Yeah, because yeah, even the extended page. And we can always make a little visual for it too. Just be like, yeah. hey, is this is your first time getting on Astro or something? You know, click here, yeah. here, here, and there's your chart. <laughs> that would be yeah. great. That's a good idea. Okay, okay. well, should we sign off? Yeah. Yes, was that was awesome. Well, it's been wonderful. So thanks, V Cavers. Rain out. Catch you later. Z bigs. <laughs> if you enjoyed hanging out with us here in the V Cave, join us over on Instagram. Our handle is at V underscore Cave Echo. That's V underscore C A V E E C H O. We will keep you updated with release information and what we're working on over there. As we expand to other platforms, we'll keep you up to date as to what those handles are and how to find us. Love you all.